Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Tuesday night, and you know exactly what that means. It's time for the real conversation with Shayna Thornton. Let's talk America with hopes. Shana Thornton is your radio talk show spotlighting the critical issues of today. She is certain to feature expert guests and celebrities each and every Tuesday night. She is a celebrated newspaper columnist, popular blogger, and award-winning radio talk show personality who has a passion for groundbreaking discussions. Here she is. Let's welcome the one and only, the engaging host for the national show. Please give it up for Shana Thornton. Well, hello, everyone. It is Tuesday night. It is June 23rd, 2015, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you are tuned in to Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. Of course, I am Shana, and I welcome you to this award-winning weekly radio talk show program where we aim to address and spotlight the issues, topics, and people that define our times. And tonight's special edition is with no exception. We are spotlighting the tragic Charleston church shooting that occurred on Wednesday, June 17, 2015, where several members of Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church gathered for their weekly Bible study as they would every Wednesday night. Uh, This particular night, a visitor would join them. A 21-year-old man would come through the door. He would sit with them for about an hour, reportedly studying the Bible with them. And then he would get up and take out a gun and fatally gun down nine individuals, nine victims that were there that night. This uh, tragic event has devastated the world. And tonight is a very serious news segment of Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. We will highlight this case. We're going to talk about the approaching legal case for this perpetrator. And I have a top legal expert on with me tonight. She's going to dissect everything. The one and only Beth Karras is back with us tonight to discuss, of course, this very disheartening uh, case that has taken many people uh, by surprise, by shock. Um, by a lot of hurt is here, and we're going to talk about all of that, and we're also going to touch on the healing process. So I appreciate you joining us tonight. This is your family radio talk show. If it matters to you, the topics, we try to address it here, hopefully in a very objective manner where you are led to solutions to make a difference in your community where you are, which ultimately means you will make a positive difference and impact on the world that exists. Well, we've got one important and critical show tonight. Do message all of your family, friends, and colleagues and let them know to tune in to Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, right now. If you're out there on Instagram, if you're on Twitter, if you're on Pinterest, you're on Google+, if you're on the one and only Facebook, simply hashtag LTA. Let everyone know that you are tuned in with us live right now. If you're listening to us the next day or the next week, whenever you chose to do it at a convenient time, go ahead and hashtag LTA and let individuals know you're tuned in right now. Okay? Well, I want to go ahead and kick off the show, bring in our expert guest for that exclusive interview. And also I have something exciting I want to share with you tonight. Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. We'll get started now. 
search through acres of racks in store, after store, at an overcrowded mall or shopping center when you can save time and enjoy the simplicity of online shopping at TrendyBling.com. With an eye for today's newest fashion trends, Trendy Bling offers chic and stylish clothing and accessories at prices that any fashionista can afford. Gone are the days of unforgiving fluorescent lights, messy, too small dressing rooms, and limited stock. By offering quality merchandise online, Trendy Bling can stock far more than your average retail store or outlet. A simple search on TrendyBling.com makes it possible to find your unique fashion look with all the ease and comfort offered by online shopping in a snap. Go ahead, get your tablet, laptop, home computer, or mobile device and visit our website at TrendyBling.com to find that perfect ensemble for any occasion. That's TrendyBling.com. Trendy with an I, Bling.com. Hi, my name is Bonnie Myers. I'm the wellness director of Life, Sport, Work, Performance, and Fitness. Are you looking for a coach or a trainer to help you reach your fitness and wellness goals? Well, we have the perfect platform for the busy person who needs the convenience to access training and coaching 24-7. The personal attention to specifically meet your needs and your busy schedule. And, of course, a buddy to hold you accountable and to keep it fun and motivated so that you just stick with it. We work with companies, organizations, community groups, and individuals to develop your wellness program. Start your first fitness challenge today for only $20 a month. Visit our website at www.lswfitness.com or call us at 678-607-5579. Again, that's www.lswfitness.com or call us at 678-607-5579. Let's get fit and stay fit. Regina R. Tate is a Christian counselor, and she's written a book entitled There is a Bomb for That. The compilation is her platform to inspire and spread the love of God. The book is encouragement and motivation to get beyond and through everyday issues and problems using the Word of God. In addition, she shares some accounts of athletes and other well-known people doing admirable or not-so-admirable things to help push across her messages of encouragement. Tate combines her love of sports with her love of the Lord to inspire those of us who are on the Lord's side and others who are seeking reasons to trust in God. Within the book are articles or misses including Hold Fast, Gifts of the Cross, Call to Be Better, and Don't Get Weary, all of which remind us that God is always pulling for us to get to the other side of the room. In the missive, there's a bomb for that. Tate Vince, my head hurts because there is so little tolerance for the diverse prisms through which we see life, and there is a declining appreciation for the myriad ways we have come to survive life. She goes on to explain why her neck hurts, her eyes, her ears, her stomach, her feet, and even her heart hurt. But then she points out that she is not in a woe is me state of paralysis because she says, I have medicine. I have a bomb in Gilead. Her aim with the book is to remind all of us that we indeed have medicine for whatever ails us. Regardless of what the situation or the crisis is, there is a bomb for that. Books may be purchased on AuthorHouse.com or at Amazon.com, or you may visit the website ThereIsABombForThat.com for more information. Do know that we greatly appreciate all of our national partners and sponsors here at Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. And, of course, we are very grateful for all of our dedicated weekly listeners. Thank you for joining us. And just a reminder, you can join us one of two ways. 
you can visit uh, one or two websites to get there. You can visit www.letstalkamericawithshanathornton.com or you can go directly to www.blogtalkradio.com slash Shana Thornton. You can also listen to us on your phone. If you have unlimited calling uh, or on your landline or cell phone, feel free to use that also. And you can dial in at 914-803-4284. Again, that's 914-803-4284. And we love to have you in either by a dial-in or listening on a stream, uh, of course, where you can go straight to those websites. So join us. We want you on board and we feel honored that you are joining us on board. Stick with us. And for instance, if you can't listen in live on Tuesday nights, uh, say you work, you're spending time with your family, no big deal. You can go back at any time and listen to episodes on demand, 1 a.m. in the morning when you can't sleep, or perhaps when you're en route with that long commute going to work. Tune into our shows, and it's a great opportunity to catch up on every show segment that you happen to have missed. Well, everyone, I'm excited to share with you that we're kicking off a brand new segment here on your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton. We are talking about In the News. In the News is a brand new segment featured here weekly on Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. Well, I will cover the top trending news topics of our time. So it's just a snippet into it, uh, roughly about one and a half to two minutes, where you get a touch of what's going on in the news just to keep you updated. Well, I will kick it off for this show segment. In the News. Top Mississippi lawmaker and House Speaker Philip Gunn said Monday that the Confederate battle emblem, which is a part of that state's flag, is offensive and needs to be removed from the flag. Gunn is on the record stating, quote-unquote, we must always remember our past, but that does not mean we must let it define us. Also in the news. It's being reported that an A water bottle company responsible for 14 different brands issued a voluntary recall on Monday after discovering that one of their spring water sources tested positive for E. coli bacteria. The recall includes all spring water products purchased between June 10th at 3 a.m. and June 18th at 8 p.m. from the two Pennsylvania operations. And the brands affected are Acadia, Acme, 7-Eleven, Niagara, and Nature's Place, just to name a few. And finally, in the news, it is being reported by several media outlets that the Ebola infection continues to surprise scientists. The latest twist in this uh, saga reveals that the deadly virus may hide in pregnant women without obvious symptoms. A new case reports that a 31-year-old woman in her late pregnancy who resided in Liberia actually went to the hospital after complaining of mild stomach pain, possibly pregnancy-related. Routine Ebola testing revealed she was infected with the virus. Although she had no apparent symptoms, such as body pain, vomiting, diarrhea, or bleeding. After three days, however, Ebola did emerge with its symptoms, and it was fatal for this female victim. That concludes In the News. Stay with Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, to stay up to date on all of the relevant information. Hi, this is Leslie. I'm really enjoying the show. Let's Talk America keeps you in the know. Hi, my name is Tina Harrell, and I just love listening to Shana's 
Again, I'm so appreciative of all of our weekly listeners that happen to be national and international. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, right now, in keeping with tradition of this show, I would like to share some words of inspiration for tonight's special news segment. You know, American author Helen Keller once said, The best and most beautiful things in a world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt with the heart. Again, the one and only American author Helen Keller once said, The best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt with the heart. And what a timely and relevant statement we have for tonight's words of inspiration. The heart matters, and it's where our love resides for one another while we're here on this earth. And I would encourage each and every one of you to love, uh, to find peace and hope, and to move forward. Um, There's a lot going on in our country and our world right now, in particular what happened in Charleston last Wednesday night uh, is baffling to many, many people. Um, But just continue uh, to uh, hold on to your love and look to your heart. Uh, of course, to be guided and influenced and led. Well, we are ready to kick off the show. Before I bring in Beth Karras, uh, who is a top leading uh, leading legal expert who has uh, spent years prosecuting cases in the state of New York, I want to uh, touch on the Charleston uh, church shooting a little more. Uh, Before we dissect the legal case, I always want to keep a human component and a human face on it uh, that's very obvious. And I would like to share with you uh, the names and the ages of those nine victims, again, who lost their lives on Wednesday, June 17, 2015, in downtown Charleston at Mother Emanuel AME Church. And the nine uh, victims are the following. 54-year-old Cynthia Hurd. 70-year-old Ethel Lance, 41-year-old Reverend Clementa Pinckney, 87-year-old Susie Jackson, 49-year-old DePayne Middleton Doctor, 45-year-old Sharonda Coleman Singleton, 59-year-old Myra Thompson, 74-year-old Reverend Daniel Simmons Sr., and last, 26-year-old Taiwanza Sanders. That is the complete list of names for those nine individuals who brutally, unnecessarily lost their lives last week when 21-year-old Dylan Roof decided to join them at Bible study and then turn the tables and take out a deadly weapon and end their lives. We are set to talk about this case, this pending, approaching legal case, because there is a lot to discuss um, with this dark, dark tragedy. We're going to get right to it right now. Let's bring in Beth Karras. She joins me for a one-on-one exclusive sit-down interview. Congratulations, on-air personality Shana Thornton, on being named the recipient of the 2015 Bold Award in Human Dignity. Your journalistic work on spotlighting the leading topics and people of today makes a difference. Keep up the great work. Listeners of Let's Talk America with your host, 
Shana Thornton. It is Tuesday night, and we are spotlighting a very uh, tragic incident. Of course, as you know, as we spoke about at the top of the hour, we're talking about the Charleston Church shooting, and it is a very devastating event, a real-life event that occurred, and we want to dig into it and dissect the approaching legal case against the perpetrator um, or suspect, uh, rather. Um, I have Beth Karras on with me. Of course, she is a renowned, celebrated media legal analyst. Beth, how are you this Tuesday night? I'm fine. How are you, Shana? Thanks for having me back. Oh, thank you for being with us. You know, we're talking about, uh, again, a just a horrific event that occurred. You know, the tragedy in Charleston, Beth, has many uh, individuals around the world um, just downtrodden. Uh, they're confused and they're disheartened. I want to talk right now about that legal case forming against the perpetrator or suspect, um, although it appears um, that he has admitted to the crime. And, of course, I'm speaking of Dylan uh, Roof. Uh, there was a video um, arraignment of some sort that happened last week. Now, what do you expect to be the next step in this legal process? Well, during that arraignment, we heard the judge say that he didn't have the authority to set bail on the nine murder charges, but he set a million dollars on the weapons charge. And that's because he's a lower court judge. The case has to move up to a higher level judge who has jurisdiction over murder. And in the interim, the judge said, well, you have a right to a preliminary hearing. He didn't mention a grand jury, a preliminary hearing, which is a hearing before a judge where the prosecution puts on their evidence similar to grand jury, but it's public and the defense is there and the defense can cross-examine witnesses. So I expect that that will happen. The judge set the next court date as October 23rd at 2 p.m., uh, and he said that'll be his first criminal court uh, appearance. It'll be, you know, in, in the higher court. So presumably okay. between now and October 23rd, the prosecution will put together this pre preliminary hearing, and a, and a judge will find there's probable cause to charge him with all of the crimes presented, nine murders and a weapons charge. I don't know if there'll be anything else. I assume they're investigating right now to see if he acted completely alone or, or what have you. And then he'll be arraigned in the higher court and it'll move to the pretrial and trial stage. You know, Beth, I, I want to touch on that because uh, you explained it so well. There are a lot of individuals that seem to be baffled on saying he would set a $1 million bond on the gun possessions, right? And, of course, you're saying, which many of us did not know, that that judge is a lower court judge, so he did not have the authority in South Carolina to, I guess, grant or not grant bond for the nine horrific murders. Well, correct. Okay. Now, also, there's no bond on the murders. Okay. okay, okay. So, so it, it's my understanding that if he were to make the million dollars, yes. if some rich person came in and posted it for him, he can't get out. Okay. Because There's a bond okay. right now on the murders. But, you know, tell anywhere. Me, but tell me this, that why was there even a number put on the gun possession? Because we're thinking he had the gun possession, if it was illegal or not, with the gun, that weapon, and, and remember, I'm not a lawyer. I know you are very much a celebrated attorney. You are a prosecutor in New York. But why was he even given a number figure for the gun charge? Well, it's not typical to hold somebody on no bail for a gun charge. And you have to sort of you look at this with all the facts, of course. But knowing that he's not going anywhere because he can't get out, there's no bail. No bond doesn't mean it's a zero. It means he's being held. He can't go anywhere. So it's really just a fiction. 
even if somebody were to post it, it's just a fiction. Okay. But you have to make it somewhat commensurate with with the crime itself, which yes. is possession of the weapon, you know, in the, in the course of uh, murders. And, and so in other cases, of course, there's no case quite like this. It was nine murders at one time, you know, in a house of worship and all that. But it's, you know, common to set a reasonable bail. The judge set this one off the charts. This is an unemployed kid who cannot make this unless some benefactor steps forward. But even, as I said, even if it's posted, he's not going anywhere. Okay. He can't. Okay, now, I want to talk about uh, the judge, and you said he was a lower court judge, and I know you said that there will be a preliminary hearing uh, coming up uh, in some weeks. Will that same judge that we saw, will he likely be the one uh, presiding over this case, or will this case go up to a higher court? He should not be the one, although I can't tell you for sure. I haven't called anyone in South Carolina to okay. see if he would, but he should not be. He was there for purposes of this uh, arraignment. He handles lower court matters and, and pretrial matters, so he should not be the one presiding over it. Uh, personally, if I can inject myself, you know, my personal opinion here, I was a little disturbed to hear his speech in the beginning. Yes. Yeah. And so that that alone, to me, says even if he had the authority to preside over the preliminary hearing, he should not. You know, I want to go there, Beth, because that was my next thought in my head when you were talking. You know, speaking of that judge who has been assigned to the case thus far from what we see, uh, he has obviously come under scrutiny and fire uh, for making statements uh, in the past. Let's go back some years ago um, about uh, race. He used a derogatory term referring to African Americans. I also uh, believe a derogatory term referring to Caucasians also. He then demands, as you saw at the video arraignment, that the public and others sitting in that courtroom, in particular some of the surviving victims of that horrific event and their surviving uh, family members, he asked all of us to think of uh, Ruth's family as victims too, and not just the families of the nine. And I want to say this. He said this without even knowing if the perpetrator or suspect family members were even involved, even if it happens to be, and I know you're saying you haven't spoken specifically with anyone in South Carolina or Charleston about this case, but, you know, even if he's assigned to this case, what's the odds that this judge will be objective during this trial? And I know, I mean, you're just, you know, obviously... He won't be. He won't be assigned, but even at at the next stage, if he were, uh, I think there's a a good chance that he could have to recuse himself. He would be removed. I mean, it's just... Social media went a little crazy when he made that statement, and it came out that he, um, you know, he had used these derogatory terms in the past. It's just, it's not, not very judicial of him to do that. You know, things are done differently in different states, courthouses. They have their customs, but that is just unacceptable. And so, I, I, I really think that he's had his, you know, flash in the pan appearance. Okay. Okay. You know, I want to talk about something else. I want to transition some. There have been some reports out there um, that uh, the uh, the suspect or perpetrator um, was taking some sort of drug at the time of the horrific murders that he, of course, uh, committed or alleged to have committed. Um, You know, but I want to go there before I ask that full question, Beth. Is he still considered a suspect? Because I guess according to the investigators and the FBI, I believe, hasn't he admitted to the crime? Yes. Okay, so... Admitted to the crime, 
He has left that manifesto behind, which was edited, or at least some of the photos were edited the same day of, okay. according to uh, the metadata related to that website. It is believed to be his website, and, and, and he has been espousing racist comments. Yes. According to some of his friends, this is not something that's a drug-induced. Okay. However, when a person is under the influence of drugs or alcohol, it might sort of mitigate one of the elements of the crime, knock it down a degree. Okay. But I don't really, we don't have enough facts in this case, but I just don't see it in this case. I, I, I don't see it from what we know right now. You are listening to your award-winning national family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton. We have the one and only, the celebrated media legal analyst. She spent many years, of course, in the arena of law. She was a, a prosecutor herself in New York. She sees a lot of things. We have Beth Harris on with us. You know, Beth, I just asked you about... Um, you know, the report that he was taking some sort of drug, if it was a legal prescription drug or a legal drug, or maybe it was a legal drug, but he obtained it illegally. Tell me this, and this is what pops up in my head, but I'm no legal analyst like you. Could this play out to some sort of insanity plea, perhaps? Well, he, his lawyers might look at some sort of diminished capacity, mental illness, defense, just to mitigate, knock it down okay. a, a few degrees, but I don't see an insanity defense. An insanity defense is really hard to prove. Okay. You could, they could try it, but it has to, it means that he's so psychotic that he's, he's holding a banana and he thinks it's a gun. No, that he doesn't okay. know right from wrong. Okay. But this young man knew exactly what he was doing, and yes. he laid it out in writing, and he left a witness to testify to his word. Wow. He knew what he was doing was wrong. He had an agenda to start a race war. This case should bring everyone to tears. Yeah. It is the most horrific. Yes. Yeah. all crime is horrific. Yeah. I'm currently following the, the Colorado theater shooting trial yeah. where 12 people were murdered and yeah. 70 were shot in a crowded theater and at midnight. I mean, it's horrific. Yeah. But what this young man did was going into a house of worship and sitting next to the reverend, and they welcomed him with open arms for an hour. And then he methodically goes through, and everyone is shot multiple times, you know. And yeah. he loaded uh, his gun uh, five times. Oh, this man. is just, I mean, if ever a case stood for the death penalty, this does. You know, I, I want to ask you that. Nine people, nine, um, were uh, brutally uh, murdered, as you pointed out uh, just now. There were multiple shots in each victim. That's what's being reported. You know, the odds that he will face the death penalty um, in South Carolina, to you, that looks like a clear path or maybe not? Oh, it looks like a clear path to me. I mean, I'm, I'm not the prosecutor making the decision. And, you know, in some prosecutors' offices, they have a committee that makes the decision. Yes. But ultimately, it is with the elected prosecutor. Okay. EA, prosecuting attorney, they're called different things in different states. Uh, but, you, you know, you, you're talking about multiple people. You're not talking about, you know, one person in the, in the heat of the moment in a fight at home or something where, okay, that doesn't really qualify for death. But this... I mean, if you're going to have the death penalty, this, this is why you have it. Identity is not an issue. You know, the, the, one, the one reason I'm on the fence about the death penalty is because identity is, of, the, of the murderer is sometimes an issue, and mistakes happen, and we have been 
incarcerated innocent people, and we have executed innocent people. And I say this I, over and over. We should all be losing sleep over that. Okay. That, that we are caging people who are innocent, and we have executed innocent people. But it's not the case here. Okay. He had eyewitnesses. He's caught-handed almost. I yes. mean, he was caught by, by a good, you know, a very astute person following his car, but, you know, not that long after. Okay. And he's admitted to it. Yes. So. Yes. Ultimately, he also admitted to it. I want to go here because when we talk about uh, the murder charges, which may very well lead to a death penalty, um, a charge or case rather for him, many have thrown around the term or phrase hate crime, death, hate crime. You know, we hear everyone on the television, hate crime, on the radio, hate crime. You know, uh, for uh, the many of us, most of us who are not in the legal world, what would qualify this as a hate crime? And tell us why that's significant. If it's a hate crime, does it automatically go to the federal prosecution? How does that work? It doesn't automatically go, but they could have concurrent jurisdiction, meaning they could be prosecuting you know, after the state case. But if he gets his death in the state case, you know, they may not because what's the point? You know, he'll have nine death sentences, presumably, I mean, if he gets to that point. Hate crime is the one time when a prosecutor has to prove what motivated a crime. Prosecutors never have to prove motive in cases. Okay. It's good if you can say that this person killed his business partner for financial gain or he killed his wife because he had a mistress. You know, you know, but it's not an element of the crime. Okay. Proving a crime is broken down into two, three, four, five elements, and each element has to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. This is the one time when you do have to prove that a crime happened, an assault, a murder, whatever, a rape, because of a person's race, religion, sexual orientation. And what it does in some states, it's a separate crime. In other states, it's a sentence enhancement. If you, if you kill someone because of their race, well, I mean, you can't get any higher than death, and you're going to get death regardless of whether it's a hate crime, right? It's a murder. Um, so it still qualifies for death. But say it's an assault. You know, if you assault someone because they're gay, or you assault someone because they're black, it okay. could get you uh, an, another 10 years on another, your sentence, okay. for example. So some states it's sentence enhancement, some it's a separate crime. You know, when we look at uh, the racist rhetoric uh, rants that seem to have obviously came from his account of some sort of website or the Facebook or other social media outlets, uh, to me it looks very clear um, that there would be elements of a hate crime there, Beth, because if he's racist, which meaning, of course, he uh, wants to uh, harm or have some discrimination against a group, which in this case was African-American, it seems like he went to study and research this church, which uh, has been reported. And I've actually, I will say, I've attended this church myself. I went to school, college in Charleston, uh, that this church, this AME African Methodist Episcopal Church, was one of the oldest churches yeah. in the South and in the United States when it came to the African-American population. So it seems to be clear-cut that he was targeting African-Americans. Absolutely. And this kid who I, I mean, I, I, I seem to think he's a high school dropout. I'm not sure. Is he? I, mean, I believe so. And I read his manifesto, uh, and, you know, he makes grammatical errors and typographical errors, and he apologizes at the end for it, saying, I don't have time, I didn't have time to proofread this. But he's, like, he's not stupid, right? He's stupid in his thoughts, but he's not, he's, he's yeah. putting together these thoughts, and he's, uh, he's got this rationale, as irrational as it is, he's got a rationale for what he's doing, and he does his research, and I mean, it was shocking to me that he went as far as he did, and, and he had the assistance, of course, of, of websites that he found mm -hmm. that helped to fuel and inform him. 
But that's the talking struggle. about this church, it has a wonderful history. Yes. Everyone should should talk to, should read about. I mean, yeah. I, I went and found a book on my on my bookshelf that I grabbed when I was working um, for Turner Broadcasting and, you know, to get a lot of free books and stuff, and I, okay. I took one that I wanted on on, um, on Denmark, B.C. Yeah. And, and the history there. So, I mean, people should educate themselves about this church. It's a very special place. It is. Very historical. Uh, legendary church, and, of course, um, uh, condolences from Let's Talk America uh, to all of uh, the victims and their families. Uh, wow, just horrific. You know, Beth, tell me this. Uh, if you can speak legally, is this guy, uh, this perpetrator, uh, this man that killed and took the lives uh, just the, the spirit of these people in their place of worship. Uh, is he a terrorist? I don't know if he comes within the definition of a terrorist, but he did terrorize. Um, you know, he, he, he targeted a place. He killed multiple people. He didn't use a weapon of mass destruction, like a bomb or something. Okay. Um, and, and, and frankly, you know, I, I've never prosecuted a terrorist, so I had to research that to see whether or not he would come within the definition of, uh, of a domestic terrorist. Yes. We know that Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols did. I mean, they placed a bomb in a building, and I don't know if using a forty-five caliber handgun okay. qualifies as a terrorist, but it was a terrorist act. I mean, it was a, it was a he terrorized. Oh, yes. And, and so in that sense, he's a terrorist. Okay. But the way we think of terrorists, um, I can't answer that right Okay. Now. I'd have to get back to you on that, Shane. All right. And you know we love having you back because you provide such excellent information. Again, it's Tuesday night. We have the one and only, the celebrated uh, legal analyst, television media analyst. You've seen her everywhere on many, many networks. It's Beth Harris. She is with us on Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. You know, Beth, how likely is it that this legal team um, – or the lawyers of this perpetrator, this guy who came and just took the lives of so many innocent people, will request a location change because they may propose that Roof could not receive a fair trial in Charleston, of course, where the shootings took place. Is, is that a possibility here? Oh, yeah, that's a, there's a very good chance of that. The courts are hesitant to change venue, though, because it's very onerous on all of the parties, on the prosecution, especially if they have to get their witnesses across the state or wherever it is, and then they've got to, you know, house them. And, you know, so it's, it's expensive on the county to have a change of venue. One remedy that some states have found in and we saw it happen in the Casey Anthony case, is that they actually pick a jury from another county okay. <clears throat> excuse me, and bring them in and house the jury okay. so that, you know, in a long trial with all these witnesses, it's not the logistical nightmare of organizing everyone to get across the state. You just you house your jurors and your alternates. So that's an alternative. But, say, in the Colorado case, I mean, you're talking 12 dead and 70 wounded, and one out of seven people in the county were summoned for jury duty, and there was no change of venue in the okay. place where it happened. I mean, jurors will raise their hand and say, I know this witness. Yeah. And it's, it's, he's getting a fair trial. Okay. So it doesn't have to change. Yes. have to move. You know, Beth, a gun was purchased by someone, obviously, in these horrific murders that uh, the perpetrator, uh, Dylan Roof, committed, although it was recently reported that Roof himself purchased it. But earlier reports did say or claim that another family member did. Is, 
Is there a possibility, Beth, uh, that others may face charges also if he or she purchased the gun for him? Well, the early report was that his father did. He yes. gave it to him for his birthday, and the crime there is that he uh, had a uh, pending felony, has a pending felony, yes. a drug possession felony, and you're not, you can't have a gun in South Carolina if you have a pending felony or you're a convicted felon. And so if his father had bought it for him and if his father knew about the pending case, uh, then I don't even know if knowledge of it. It may just be strict liability that if there's a pending case, you know, he, he could be possibly responsible, but not for murder. Okay, but for another charge. Charge with the murder. Because you have to have the state of mind, the same sort of state of mind that the murderer did. Okay. So his father didn't know what his son was going to do with it, but it could be some lower crime. Okay. If that, if that even happened, now yes. they're saying that he bought it with birthday money. That's what it sounds like. But he would have not have been able legally to purchase that gun on his own, correct? Correct. But he right. obviously there is a there. okay. They didn't, but, do a, they didn't do a background check properly, or he simply lied because it's dependent on self-reporting, and he okay. lied and said he has no felonies and nothing pending or something like okay. that. Yeah. Okay. Or purchased it perhaps uh, even illegally. I'm assuming maybe he or didn't. Or it was an illegal purchase. Okay. Yeah. Something slipped to the cracks. Here. Right. You know, Beth. Uh, it has been reported that some associates or friends of um, this perpetrator knew of his racist and violent rhetoric. Uh, and it seems like it would be obvious they had to or someone, because now we see on social media he was putting out these foolish and violent and volatile comments. Um, but yet, none of the friends from the understanding of what's being put out in the media reports took no legal action, yet, it has been recently reported that one or more of his friends or associates did remove a gun from his possession, supposedly one night when he was on a drinking rant, talking about starting a race war and harming other people. Now, I've got to know this. I know morally it's a whole other conversation. But when I hear this, and if I'm thinking I'm hearing a friend of mine talk about something like this, and even if they didn't provide the details and their sick head, but if they even suggested starting a race war, and yet I knew they had a gun, and that's what the reports were saying. Legally, should they have done more if they knew he was racist, they knew he would say these things, and yet they knew he had a gun? They're not bound legally to uh, to stop him unless the person had some sort of obligation, some sort of responsibility for him. But we don't have... We don't have Good Samaritan laws where people have to have to help, say, after a crime. We don't have those in this country. And here there was no obligation. This was not a, a minor, you know, with a, a parent or a teacher or a doctor or a therapist, you know, somebody okay. having knowledge of it. Morally, that's the conversation. And his friend did, as you say, take it away overnight and yeah. then thought about it and said, you know, I don't think he took him seriously. But that's what it sounds like. Not that night. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. But you're saying legally, you're not obligated legally to have done anything, but morally, I would hope that most people would intervene. Right. I mean, it depends on the circumstances, too. I mean, if this is, um, you know, like say, we, we, we put obligations on people for all kinds of things to try to prevent something bad from happening. Yes. If you're a bar or restaurant owner serving liquor, I mean, yes. at some point you have to cut off a person or you're going to be responsible if they go out and kill someone, you know, with drunk driving, something like that. So we do put these responsibilities on people. But between friends, talking like that, 
there's no there's no obligation to do it to turn a man or, or uh, unless unless his friend facilitated in some way or were a part of it. Okay. There's no legal charge to the friend. We are talking one-on-one with celebrated legal analyst Beth Karras. Of course, we are talking about the very devastating, the very disheartening Charleston church shooting that happened last Wednesday, June 17th, uh, during Bible study at uh, Mother Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church. Of course, um, if you have not heard of it, obviously, you've been living under a rock, uh, just a a horrific event um, of a 21-year-old man coming into the church, sitting with them for an hour for Bible study, Supposedly even praying with them, and then opening fire on nine victims, which ended fatally for those nine individuals. You know, Beth, you've witnessed a lot of trials as an attorney, especially as a leading prosecutor in New York. Of course, you've seen cases that created a lot of hurt for communities. This case, this Charleston church shooting, is so tragic on a national and international level. How does the legal case tie into the healing process of a nation? Well, it's important that it be as transparent as possible so people can witness and see every step of the process. It's important that, you know, the families get some sort of justice, although it's kind of a fiction, right? I mean, nothing brings their loved ones back. But it's important that they see that the system works and that he will be punished. Okay. And that's part of the healing process to show also for the community uh, support for all of these families and uh, against him will also help. Wow. You know, before you get out of here, obviously you're an expert on many things, being a legal analyst, um, but I, I, there's so much I could ask you about, but I just want to ask you very quickly about the escapees, the uh, state prison escapees out of upstate New York. Um, you know, where are we with that? It doesn't seem bad. It's been weeks now. There's no uh, concrete sightings from what's being reported in the media. There's been lots of them. I think even thousands of reports. Some may have been true, some not even true. They've been going for a long time, Beth. You, you were a prosecutor. Gone since June 6th and had the help of at least one person on the inside, probably more. Now, they, there was a really good sighting on Saturday, 350 miles away from where they escaped. Okay. It was um, of uh, two men walking, coming out of a wooded area. One was a redhead, and another one pulled a shirt over, uh, sweatshirt over his head really fast, uh, and he was the stockier one. So that's a general description that fits these two guys, and they ran back into the woods. Okay. Uh, so they set up a perimeter around there, but they're still not caught. I thought we were going to hear, you know, within 24 hours they'd be caught, and that was that was Saturday morning when uh, that happened. So. And that could not have even been them, in all fairness. It may not have been. Yeah. But it's a general description. I mean, coming out of the woods, running into the woods, a redhead, a stocky, stockier guy, yeah. who, um, the slimmer guy was the redhead. I mean, it's a general description. Probably pretty good. Yeah, I mean, and I was uh, listening to a report where uh, I, I suppose it was a forensic scientist who was saying, you know, a, a lot of people mean well, but there can be reports, and you probably know this, of course, being a prosecutor, that people will call in saying they've seen people, and sometimes he was saying that may not even be true because, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, how likely is it that everybody is reporting the truth, rather? Correct, correct. Okay. Most people, most of the tips that come in are not true. The truth. So maybe, and I, I'm reporting this description, and maybe the description is wrong. You know, okay. it was reported that way, but it's uh, it was really a blonde and 
you know, a stocky guy, not a redhead. Okay. Well, you tell me this before you get out of here. Uh, if they are cult, um, assuming they are, of course, we want the, you know, what's fair for them to be called. They escaped a maximum security state prison in upstate New York. And may I add, uh, they were violent criminals also, right? They're in, they were in for murderers. Yeah. yeah. So if, when they're caught, if, if they're caught and when they're caught, I'm going to go ahead and say that. You know, uh, would they be facing new charges, obviously, of escaping? Yeah. Yes. Escape in the first degree, and, you know, it depends on, you know, what, what else they have. I, mean, I don't know if they'll have any weapons on them, what will happen at the time of arrest, but definitely uh, the escape charge. I mean, they're, they're both doing, one's doing life without parole, so okay. again, they're going to get the, the charges on top of it. The other one might have a fixed term, it'll add a number of years, but... These guys aren't going anywhere for the rest of their lives, yes. I would say. After this, I'm sure. You know, Beth, you were great as always. Great legal analysis of everything going on, especially, of course, the devastating Charleston Church shooting. How can our national and international listeners learn more about you? Well, I operate a website called KarisOnCrime.com. It's actually a subscription website where I put my legal analysis, I follow cases, I shoot a video that I put up where I answer my listeners' questions, I teach them about the law, it's very instructive, and I will soon be doing podcasts and interviews, so um, similar to what you do, but all on my site. So it's wow. called KarisOnCrime.com, but I have a personal site, BethKaris.com which tells you who I am. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on Let's Talk America. Of course, we've got to have you always back on as uh, we continue to live in a world where there are cases that tend to continue to just baffle all of us. Thank you for sharing your legal knowledge. My pleasure, and keep up the good work, Shana. Thank you, Beth. Again, if it matters to you, it matters to us here at Let's Talk America. Please lend me your ear for just a few seconds before you head out. This is Lady Voxel Belcher, and I am supporting my new single entitled All Right. And you can get it at all social media outlets, uh, CD Baby, iTunes. Uh, The name of the single, again, is All Right. And you may contact me on Facebook, Voxel Belcher, or my fan page, Lady Voxel Belcher, all social media outlets. Lady Bonsell Belcher. You can also contact me on my website at LadyBonsellBelcher.com. And today I am just so elated to be on this broadcast and on this platform that has been uh, there made convenient for me. And you are listening to Let's Talk America with Sheena Thornton. Well, everyone, you have to join us next week, next Tuesday night, same time, same place. Your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shayna Thornton, brings the issues that matter to you. Of course, our tagline here is real talk for real people, real talk for real people, and that's exactly what we aim to deliver you each and every Tuesday night live at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Well, if you listen to this show, you know that I love great music as much as I love great meaningful conversation. And uh, before we get out of here, I want to introduce you to a musical track called A Song to You. 
uh, performed by the one and only TB2. If you recall, TB2 joined me for an exclusive one-on-one interview a few weeks ago where the inspirational vocalist talked about his motivation and the reason why he shares his heartfelt music. So you may want to go back on our website and check out that awesome interview. But tonight the song is A Song to You, performed by TB2. You know, if you're interested in listening to any of the previous aired episodes, such as the one featuring TB2 or the one tonight talking and highlighting the Charleston Church shooting, simply visit www.letstalkamericawithshanathornton.com, and there you're going to find all of your information. And please do see episodes on demand. Thank you. Shoot us an email if you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions on future show topics. That's Let's Talk Shana at gmail.com. All right, everyone, continue to hashtag LTA for the rest of the night. I hope you have a great and productive week. We're in the midst of June. A summer has begun. The official summer has begun. Do be careful out there in the heat and stay hydrated, okay? So we shall talk next week. TB2, take us home. All content original, copyright 2015 by Thomas and Pageant Enterprises, LLC. I've been so many places in my life and time. Sung a lot of songs. I made some bad rides. I've acted out my life on stages. Ten thousand people watching. We're alone now, and I'm singing this song to you. I know you really love me, is what I hope to be. I treated you unkindly, darling, can't you see? America with host Shana Thornton is your award-winning radio talk show that's for every member of the family. We feature meaningful conversations each and every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check out our brand new website by visiting www.letstalkamericawithshanathornton.com. Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton is talk radio with substance. Tune in.
Hello? 